are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got Locked On MLB Prospects host and Locked On Marlins host because he does double duty here at the Locked On Podcast Network. That is Aram Layton, so he's going to come on. We're going to break down the top five MLB prospects in the D-backs farm system. Is Corbin Carroll the real deal? How does Christian Robinson project on the big league level? Which of those outfielders has the best chance to take over the center field position in the near future? Talk about Perdomo. We're going to get into a little bit of Dalton Varsho talk as well. So we're breaking down these top five D-backs prospects. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that conversation between Aram, Layton, and I. All right, we got Aram Layton of Locked On MLB Prospects to take over the pod today. He's going to be the teacher. I'm going to be the student today. Aram, say what's up to the D-backs listeners. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to talking more D-backs prospects as I just did this week with the episode, so I'm pumped. Yeah, Aram just dropped a podcast on his feed talking about the D-backs prospects. And on your podcast, you said... Corbin Carroll is the real deal. What what do you see from Corbin Carroll? Because I feel like entering the 2020 season when I looked at the rankings, he was more in like that four to five range in the D-backs prospect system. Now he seems like the consensus number one guy. So what do you see from Corbin Carroll and why has he flown up the ranks in the D-backs farm system? Uh, it's a great observation because it, it was that way. He was more in that four to five range. And I think that's because when, when he was first drafted, you, you see a, a really good athlete that's undersized. He's 5'9", 170. And I think a lot of people around the game and a lot of people that do scouting in the prospect rankings uh, saw him as more of that, you know, just speedster contact first. And it's hard to project those guys to be, you know, top end prospects and impact players when they're usually end up being more table setter types of guys. But I think when Carroll got into pro ball, he surprised a lot of people with his ability to hit and the ability to actually flash a little bit of power. I think he was able to go gap to gap pretty easily. He was able to leave the yard uh, for a guy of his size. He's going to get stronger, but I was very impressed by the wiry strength that he has. He's able to hit the ball a lot harder than I think people would expect from him. But I think the most impressive 
impressive thing besides the speed, which is obviously among the top end in all of pro baseball. He's a 70, 75 grade runner is the fact that he was so polished at the plate. When I watch him, I, I would see him, you know, take one bad swing or be fooled and make an adjustment and never really get beat by the same pitch twice. And for a high school guy going straight into pro ball, I think that's part of the reason why we saw Carroll kind of being treated a little bit aggressively and getting a chance to play full season ball. And I think that he's going to uh, move up through the minor leagues pretty quickly too. And that contact ability, but also with a little bit of power, I see uh, an Adam Eaton type of profile for him. And uh, he could be a really good player uh, at the major league level. I think he's a safe bet to be a big leaguer. Yeah. And you mentioned his frame. He's only 5'10", 165. So the dude is smaller than me. And I do worry about that a little bit just because of that small frame, but he seems like you said he can't hit for at least average. He's got the contact. He's got some gap power and the speed I think helps a lot. I I think speed has become a pretty underrated skill today's game. I think dudes, I think teams just don't focus on stealing bases as much, but still being a great base runner and having the speed to back it up, I think is still important today's game. So how do you see him projecting on the big league level? And when do you think he can make his arrival to the D backs uh, on the big league level? Yeah, I mean, he's only 20 years old and he's a high school guy. So most of the time people think it's going to be pretty far away. But I think he can get up there in the next two years because, again, I was very impressed with his polish and he's got great defensive ability in center field. He's got an above average arm as well. I I see plus defense out there in center too, which takes a little bit of pressure off the bat. I think if he continues to show what he has shown at the plate in his field to hit, and I think that he's going to get a little bit stronger, he could be up in the next two years. And uh, that's where at the major league level, I, like I said, I see that like leadoff hitter type of impact player that can set the table well, but play you great defense and still hit enough pat for enough power, especially. Uh, but I also see in, in a place like Arizona, where it's a very cavernous outfield, he's going to do most of his damage with doubles and triples and splitting the gap and just running free. And, and I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch and the type of player that could lead the league in triples quite often. Yeah, and according to Baseball America, he checks in at number 42 on their top 100 prospect ranking. So pretty high for Corbin Carroll. And the next D-back that they have on their list did play some center field for the team in 2020. He did play some catcher as well. And that is Dalton Varsho, who checks in at number 67 on Baseball America's top 100 list. And in 2019, he had a pretty good season. The minors showed some pop and some speed, 18 dingers, 21 stolen bases. But it didn't really translate at least in the short sample size that we saw in 2020. So what do you think about Dalton Varsho? Can he be a big league catcher or is he going to be more of a, you know, maybe a guy that does platoon a little bit in the outfield and in that catcher position? I think Varsho is a regular and I, I know that he struggled a little bit. As you, as you mentioned, you alluded to, he hit a 188 and didn't quite have that production that I think a lot of people were hoping because he seemed like such a polished hitter through the minor leagues, but I still think he is. And when you look at all of the, advanced metrics that a lot of people like to look at and that I like to look at. He was really fine. I think for the most part, it was approach where sometimes he'd get a little too aggressive. Sometimes he'd be a little too passive and was just not really finding that comfort until the end of the season. But when you look at the uh, swing and miss numbers, they're not that bad. Uh, The zone contact rate, which I think is really important, which is just essentially what it sounds like is Mm. percentage of pitches you're making contact with in the strike zone. Mm -hmm. Some guys that are really struggling, if they have, you know, a low zone contact rate, then you're a little worried because it's like, okay, why is he 
swinging through pitches he should be hitting. It wasn't an issue for him. He was right around league average and all of those metrics, his chase rates were pretty steady. So for me, it just seemed like a guy that was caught a little bit off guard by the, uh, the leap in talent level, and then just didn't have a chance to really settle in. It was only 37 games. I expect Varsho to, to bounce back next year and have a very solid season. And in terms of his long-term outlook to me, he's a very well-rounded player, whether they decide to stick him in center or at the catching spot will remain to be seen. He does have a below average arm. So I think the outfield is uh, maybe a little bit more of an issue, but maybe you can get away with it in center field. He's a good catcher as well. If he needs to be in a good athlete, I see 280, 20 home runs and gets on base at a good clip and can be defensively versatile for you he's a good piece and uh, i'm very excited to see what Varsho is going to do this year yeah in the 2020 season it's hard to put a lot of stock into it because you know he didn't even have a spring training he barely got a lot of playing time before that just in terms of in that alternate site that's where he was pretty much practicing so it's not like he had a lot of time to really settle into his role and he just was kind of thrown into the fire so i don't want to put too much heap on how he performed in 2020 but another dude who struggled in 2020 at his same position was Carson Kelly so can you see maybe Dalton Varsho if he has a good 2021 season maybe starts off hot maybe Kelly starts off cold can you see him maybe supplementing Carson Kelly as the everyday catcher I definitely could and I'm definitely more optimistic with Varsho than Kelly I think Kelly has his role and he showed I mean what he can do in 2019 but I I see that kind of hot and cold offensive catcher from Carson Kelly when you see Varsho he's somebody that is going to be a consistent offensive weapon I think Kelly's a little bit more reliable behind the dish but that's a nice uh liberty that the D-backs have as you kind of mentioned is if Kelly's hitting then you find a spot for Varsho in the outfield if, if Kelly's not hitting then Varsho can hold his own behind the dish. And uh, that's very, very unique to have that kind of flexibility with another catcher. And uh, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of the D-backs to get something out of Kelly this year, though I'm sure they would like to see him produce more like the 2019 level. Yeah, they definitely would like to see that. I mean, they're still waiting on their return to really pan out. Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly looked really good in 2019 in their first season with the team, but both struggled mightily in that 2020 season. So hopefully, you know, now we see Paul Goldschmidt teaming up with Nolan Arenado and the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are pretty much poaching every star from these NLS teams. So hopefully Weaver and Carson Kelly pick it up in the 2021 season. Aram Layton will continue that conversation and break down Christian Robinson's future with the Arizona Diamondbacks. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. And right now, Built Bar has a flash sale for the coconut puff bar. Luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow. Made with premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. It's gluten-free, it's preservative-free, and it's only a limited time only. One-day sale. Order now. Use that promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation between Aram, Layton, and I. But the next guy I want to talk about in baseball's top 100 rankings is Geraldo Perdoma, who checks in at number 75 in their rankings. He's a shortstop. He's got some speed. He's played on a bunch of different levels in his short time since 2017. He's played on like six different levels in the D-backs organization. So what do you see from him? Because he seems like a guy that gets on base at a pretty good clip and has a ton of speed as well. Perdomo is really interesting. And that was something I talked about a a lot in the podcast uh, that I just did with the breakdown of the D-backs organization. For me, I don't actually have Perdomo at three. He's closer to four or five in in my rankings just because of it's more so to do with the other prospects that we'll get to that I like. But Mm -hmm. with Perdomo, he's one of those guys that's just hard to project, right? Because he has this big frame at six foot two, six foot three, and he's only 170 pounds. So he's got more room to fill out. But so far, like you said, he's shown a good feel to hit. And I think that gives him a high floor and he hits from both sides. And he he seems like a pretty well-rounded, player I just don't know what kind of impact he can have at the plate I've seen some reports and from what I've seen from in video there's definitely a chance that he can tap into some more power but right now it's well below average power the hit tool is very solid and plays up it's above average for his age and at the levels he's played at but he's not a burner by any stretch either so he doesn't really have that off the charts tool that you can bet on and and dream on. And that's where I'm a little bit wary of putting Perdomo ahead of guys like Christian Robinson and Alec Thomas. But I do think Perdomo is a quality prospect. And I do think that he has a really good chance to be a big leaguer, but it might be at second base where there's not as much offensive, uh, you know, pressure to produce. I think when you look at the games today, so many shortstops are hitting 30 home runs, hitting 25 home runs. Look at all the best shortstops across the game. And that's not to say that uh, you can't be a shortstop and not hit for power. But if you're going to be a shortstop who doesn't hit for power, you better be a very good defender. And, you know, you better be able to run a little bit. And I just don't see that off the charts tool for Perdomo, but I will never put a ceiling on a young player that obviously has some room to improve physically and it can feasibly improve. Uh, I don't think it would be too crazy to see him take a step to the next level, but that until he does that, I'm going to keep him more in the uh, four to five range in my top D backs prospect, but a safe bet to be a major leaguer and still has room to grow. And you never know in the, in the next year or two, but this is a big year for him. I think transitionally to see if he takes that next step or if he's more so that average regular middle infielder. Yeah, and the D-backs, they don't really have that kind of shortstop that you mentioned that could go hit you 30 home runs. Nick Ahmed, he's a kind of a one-trick pony. He's a really, you know, elite-level defensive player. He was kind of good in the clutch this season, 2020, but he's not really doing much for you offensively outside of that. So would you at least consider Perdomo maybe an upgrade over Nick Ahmed if he could really show off those wheels that he does have if his speed translates even better on the major league level? 
He's a hundred percent an offensive upgrade. I mean, he can, he can really hit the ball in terms of just consistently putting the bat on the ball. He's got great hand. eye, repeats his swing. Well, I just like to see a little bit more impact at the plate. I think that he could be an above average regular at shortstop too. And the fact that he's only 21 years old now, I really want to see, he's one of those guys that I have like it's highlighted in my notes, watch this guy this year, see what he does, because I think he could take a step in a certain direction this year where my opinion would, would alter quite a bit. And there's not that many guys where I'm like, I'm going to wait and see before I take a strong stance, but Perdomo is one of them. Yeah. And another guy who seems to, you know, people might have changed their opinion on is Christian Robinson, who seemed to be like the number one prospect for the D-backs entering this past season. Now he seems to be in that Corbin Carroll range where Corbin Carroll was that four or five guy who is now number one. Now Christian Robinson was the former number one guy who's more in that four or five range now. So what's happened to Christian Robinson? Why does it seem like he's fallen out of favor a little bit? Because he checks in at number 93 in Baseball America's top 100 rankings. When I look at Robinson, I, I like what I see physically. And I think that's where a lot of people have really been high on, on what he can do uh, potentially. But that's the problem is, is he's very toolsy. I mean, huge tools across the board, but we haven't really seen him show the ability to hit with consistency yet. And I think that's where some are starting to cool just a little bit on him is the fact that he has not shown that he can hit at a very high and consistent level. But when I see Robinson, that's the one guy I think in this top prospect list that has that high variance that could be a superstar or could, you know, hardly make it to the big leagues. And that's, it's good to have some guys like that in your system. I think the D backs hedge that volatility with a lot of very solid high floor prospects. And I like having some guys like Robinson, but a lot of times those tools first guys don't tend to pan out. And I think that's where some are a little bit wary of that. But when I look at Robinson, I see 70 grade power, which is way above average. That's elite level power. I think he can hit 30 home runs a year. No problem. If he's able to hit consistently enough, but that's the question. Will he be able to hit consistently enough to uh, tap into that power? When you look at the tools, he's got a plus arm, honestly, maybe a double plus arm as well. He's a plus runner. I think he's got no problem sticking in center field. The only question is the hit tool, but that's one of the most important things in baseball, right? You can't steal first and you can't hit a home run without making contact. So that's always the the real struggle is can they figure out the hit tool because everything else will just come together if they can. Honestly, when I look at Robinson, I think the concerns are a little overstated because I think he has a really good foundation with his swing. It's not that complicated. I, I see a little bit of inconsistency with his lower half. He's so explosive though, that he can quiet things down even more and still generate tons of power. He's the type of guy, like I said, if he figures it out, he's a perennial all-star. If he doesn't, then uh, he's going to be somebody that kind of struggles to, to hit consistently and could end up being a platoon type of guy that's glove first. But when I see his swing, I see a higher chance of him figuring it out than most of those other toolsy guys that haven't shown the consistent hit tool. He also has a pretty good approach too, which should help him. And I I haven't really understood totally why many have uh, cooled on Robinson a little bit. Yeah. And so when do you, you think he'll be ready then? Cause it sounds like he's still got some work to do. He's still only 20 years old. So he's a pretty young cat. So when do you expect him to be on that big league level? Yeah. Robinson's going to be one of those guys. That's going to take a bit longer. I mean, when we look at the, the timeline, I would say, you know, Carol beats him there. 
Thomas is going to beat him there. Uh, Perdomo will beat him there. And hey, that's because I think you just don't want to rush somebody like Robinson. I, I would say probably 2023 would be the, the most likely, but you could probably see a, a late 2022 if he, if he puts it together, but on the conservative side, that would be what I expect. Uh, but you know, things could click for him and it could end up being quicker than that. But I realistically, I think he's going to have to iron some things out. He struck out 30% of the time. Uh, we're just going to need to see him hit uh, enough consistently to, to climb up through the ranks, but that would probably be my best guess. And then the last guy that I want to talk about who you think baseball America is way off on. That's probably a little exaggerative, but you think Alec Thomas should be ahead of Perdomo and he checks in at number 94 in baseball's top 100 rankings. D-backs, they go pretty deep in their outfield. So give me a little bit of backstory on Thomas. How do you think he'll project out and what have you seen from him so far? Yeah, with Thomas, I see a really well-rounded prospect. And when you watch him, I, I mean, he does not hit very conventionally. And I think that's a lot of the reason why you have some of those Spaceball America, some other serv- like scouting services or whatever. They're not as high on him because he has so much movement to his swing. I mean, he starts like feet close together, bat moves around a lot, huge leg kick. But the thing is, he's so athletic that he makes it all work. And you know what? It's not a problem until it is. And I'm a firm believer in not having a lot of movement in your swing. Of course, it just creates more variables. But for him, he makes it work. And until he doesn't make it work, I'm not going to knock him for it. And he has shown through the minor leagues that he can put the bat on the ball pretty consistently, that he can still swing it for some power. And he is just so well-rounded. When I look across his game, I don't see a hole in his game. I see an average to above average hit tool. I see average to above average game power. I see an average to above average fielder, same with his speed and same with his arm. And while he might not be a superstar, he's got a really, really good chance to be a, a solid major leaguer. And that, in my opinion, is incredibly valuable. And that as a hitter from the left side with above average speed, and then you add the intangibles. When I watch Thomas, I just love the way he plays the game. The guy is hard nosed. He's, he's a hustler. He gets the extra bag. He, he does everything you need on the field. And those are the things you can't really quantify, but I love that hard nosed ability that I think is going to help him climb through the minor leagues quickly too. And that's a guy that, could be a fast tracker to the bigs. So the D-backs right now, their center field is wide open. So which of these three prospects, Carroll, Thomas, or Robinson, do you think have the highest ceiling and have the best chance to take over that center field position in the near future? That's an awesome question. I mean, when we say highest ceiling, it's got to be Christian Robinson. When we're talking about somebody that has speed and power, if it all works out for him, the way, like if everything clicks for him, he's a 30-30 guy. He really is with plus defense. I mean, that's the dream. It's just, it's it's tough to have all of those things click. It can happen. And if it does, he he's not only the best in the system, he's a premier player in baseball, the more likely guy to reach their high ceiling, meaning that balance of a higher floor and higher ceiling has to be Corbin Carroll, because mm. he still has the ability to be an impact player that can hit you for average. And if Corbin Carroll is Adam Eaton, let's say, I mean, that's a multiple time all-star in a really, really good regular center fielder. And I think you're pretty happy with that. That's probably the guy I'd put my money on just with the balance of a high floor, high ceiling. But if we're talking about if everything goes right, Robinson's got to be the guy. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Adam Ian's nice. I wish I could get a little bit more than a Adam Ian from Corbin Carroll, but I would be happy with that. Let me see. Does Ian, uh, 
Unfortunately, I don't think Ian made an all-star team, but he did finish 19th in MVP voting one season, if that matters to you. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Remember, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Berskowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to Aram Lane for hopping on today. That was only part one, so be on the lookout next week where we break down the Zach Granke trade and we give our philosophies on how we would trade a cornerstone player in our franchise. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!